Pittsburgh Steeler fans, look at the clock on the wall, look at your watch, look at your computer screen. What time is it? Well, it's 2 a.m. somewhere. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. You might know me as Mr. 2 a.m. from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And I am glad to be here once again with all of my BTSC family to talk about tales from 2 a.m. Now, don't be scared about the title because, you know, Tales from 2 a.m. are just Steeler Tales from me. In my 40 plus years of being a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, I've had a lot of uh, great stories that I love to share with you. And the big part of it for me is to hear from all of you, my Pittsburgh Steeler family, which is made up of our live chat on Behind the Steel Curtain. Now, remember... If you do not have a chance to see this live, that's fine, because that's what the Behind the Steel Curtain platform, podcast platforms for, you know, you could get us on Stitcher, you know, iTunes, um, Luminary. I mean, any anywhere that you could download a podcast, you're going to find Behind the Steel Curtain, BTSC Radio. Just look up that. And you're going to be fine. You can check us out. Because remember, you don't want to be looking at this face while you're driving to work. And the way it's set up, you could watch it on YouTube. But go ahead, download it. And downloading is a good thing. And, you know, I'm tracking the downloads every day. And you guys are coming in droves. I want to see you download them more. So um, if you can keep on doing that, that's how you support the show. By telling a friend about it, downloading, subscribing, and just being a part of our BTSC family. Remember, we do have the live chat, the super chat in effect. If you do want to come to the top of the queue, feel free to do so. That means that you're going to be in the top of the line for just giving a small donation to um, go towards BTSC to, you know, for equipment, for our podcast um, cost. But also, we've got a lot of giveaways coming up. We've, we're giving away a... Uh, we're in the process of giving away a signed James Washington football, a signed Juju Smith-Schuster jersey. Um, Dave Schofield and Michael Beck did a great job about with acquiring those items. So um, that all goes back to you as well. So we thank you for just being a part of our family. Now let's get in to Tales from 2 a.m. And it's 2 a.m. I must be B-A-D. So here we go. So if you took a look at this title, it's probably a little crazy to you. The title today is Nice to Meet You, Now Sign My Crap. It's pretty brazen, isn't it? You know, what this title is all about and what the show is all about today is our interactions with Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Actually, excuse me our interactions with Pittsburgh Steelers. And I've had an opportunity over the years to check out a few. And we're all fans of something. And uh, before I get into all of that, I want to give a good what's up to my friend Dave Shipley, saying what's up, B-A-D. I appreciate that. Um, He's the first one in the live chat today. So flood the live chat, hang out with us today. I want to hear about your interactions with Steelers too when we get to that part of the show. But what I'm looking at here is... As fans, we look at celebrities in a different kind of way. Sometimes we look at them as larger than life. Sometimes we look at them as, uh, you know, us not even being worthy to be in their presence. And that's, that's not the fact. 
That's not the fact at all. Now, look, I've got fans in the live chat here. I've got we've got fans of BTSC, and I'm not a celebrity by any means. I'm not even close. I'm just a guy with a forum. But one thing that I try to do with this forum is make sure that I'm real. If I get an email, if I, I mean, I, I've become friends and family with everybody in the live chat because they're my buddies there. Uh, I can, I can name off about 30 to 40 that I regularly see in the live chat. And that's important to me, but it's important to have these interactions with me um, and with the people. And you know what? A lot of Pittsburgh Steeler fans, you know, you know, feel the same way about their team. They feel like the team is family as well. So, you know, th- that's a that's a really big thing. So, as far as that goes, you know, it's very important to us at all times to remember that. Remember that whether we're an athlete, whether we're a movie star making $20 million a pick, wh- whether we're doing anything, We've got to remember that we're all people. We've all got the same number of teeth at the beginning. Well, we're supposed to. We all have different fingerprints. Yeah, sure. But we all get up in the morning saying, hey, I've got to do this today. I'm blessed to be on this earth. We all in some way fear dying. You know, I mean, we all value family. We all get hungry. We all get sad. We all get happy. You know, the deal. So that's the big thing that I always try to remember when I meet these people. But when I first met my first dealer, I was in fourth grade and actually I was in third grade and I believe I was eight years old. And the very first Steeler I met happens to be one of my still favorite Steelers. And we lost him about 10 years ago and it's LC Greenwood. Now, would you believe at eight years old, I was scared to death to meet this man? Because L.C. Greenwood was a huge dude. He was giant of a man. He couldn't have been nicer. He was just a sweet, nice man. He was at a department store called Glosser Brothers in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And if you're familiar with Johnstown, Glosser Brothers, have, it's been gone since 1985. But it was the preeminent department store in downtown Johnstown. It was three levels. And it was really cool. And on the third level was L.C. Greenwood. And the line... You're talking 1980 here. So the line was from here to eternity. I mean, it might have been from Johnstown to Pittsburgh. That's how long that line was, as I exaggerate a whole bunch. But it was just a long line. We waited for about two hours. We got in line. I, re- I still have, have his signature on a few things. But I remember my dad saying, I like, I'm like, I'm going to ask him this question. I'm going to ask this question. And my dad's like... You know, just treat him like a person. Don't bug him. And, uh, you know, say hello to him. Um, just say, I, I love watching you play for the Steelers and thank you. And that's something I've tried to do my entire life. But one of the reasons this show is called Nice to Meet You and I'll Sign My Crap, it's because we forget that a lot of, a lot of the time. Um, we we uh, throw stuff at, at these guys and ex- expect that they make all this money that they owe it to us to sign an autograph. And that, you know, and we feel that way and we feel that all autographs should be free. Um, and I, I mean, I could get to that in a little bit. I, actually, I'll get that to that now. 
a lot of the older guys, they're supplementing their retirement with these autograph signings. And because there's, there's a need for it. I'll, I've got, I go to a lot of autograph signings, you know, for an opportunity to meet these guys. And I like to have, I like to have the memorabilia, but I don't want to resell it. And I've got a great story about that as well. But my thing is I like to have two Brian, um, to Brian and Connor, which is my son, to the Davis family. Um, when I sent a picture in and got it from Jerome Bettis, and I told you the story about my wife loving Jerome Bettis and and Heinz Ward last week, I sent it to Brian and Jenny, and they sent it back, and I have pictures from them to Brian and Jenny. I even have I got an autographed football from Franco Harris from my good buddy Matt. That got it for me. He doesn't. He looked at him and was like, "Why are you making me sign all this?" And he's like, yeah, please sign it. I mean, they're getting married. So we got a congratulations, Brian and Jennifer, Franco Harris. Congratulations on your wedding. And I have this signed football, which is very special to me. So, you know, the very thing about it is we think that these people owe us something because we're buying tickets. We're buying Sunday ticket. We're buying their jerseys. We're buying all this. They don't. The only thing that they owe us and we owe them in return is common courtesy. And that's it. Treat them like people. Treat them nice. And the nicer that you treat them, the cooler they are and the better fan experience you're going to get. Now, I want to go back to the autograph thing. Um, so I had an opportunity. I've had an opportunity to meet a lot of these players. And one of the reasons I've had the opportunity, I, uh, I met a man named Bob Lore in Frostburg, Maryland. And uh, Bob Lore. Um, worked in autograph uh, memorabilia. He had shops. He still does some stuff online, I believe. And uh, Bob needed somebody to help work autograph shows for him. He knew my dad was a driver. My dad used to be a FedEx driver. And he knew that uh, my dad was a professional driver. And this was right at the same time that I had rolled my car. <laughs> and he didn't want me driving anybody, but he needed somebody to pick up Veron Haynes at the airport and take him to the autograph, to take him to an autograph signing. And got a, we got an opportunity to do it, and it was an awesome time. Um, but I want to get to that. I'm going to get to that in a moment because I've got a great story about that. So we were, we've done, my dad and I, back in the, the day for Bob, uh, I'd say about 10, 12 years ago, we would go and help out and sit with the athletes and collect the tickets and tell them what to sign and help with the signing. And so my dad is sitting next to Steelers legend Ray Matthews. Now, Ray played in the 50s and mostly the 50s. Um, may have played in the 60s. I'm not sure, but a very good wide receiver for the Steelers. And so he said to my dad, what would you like me to sign on this? And my dad said, to Bill. And so Mr. Matthews went into this long dissertation about how he shouldn't sign to Bill because it's not going to be worth as much if you put your name on it. For us, it's worth it. It's like, you know, you go to the dry cleaners and you have all these celebrities up there and they're like, um, to Gino, nice suds, you know, love the dry cleaner. Or you go to a restaurant, it's like, uh, love the veal, you know, uh, Bud Dupree, you know, uh, something like that. That's kind of, it means more to have our names on it. And so dad was like, well, um, he went through all this thing about value and it's not going to be as worth as much as if it says to bill, 
And he went through this whole thing and he said, okay, so what do you want me to sign? My dad looks at him and goes, two bill. Because <laughs> that's what it is. We're not getting the stuff to sign and sell. We don't want want to sell it. A lot of people out there are going to get stuff to sell. I knew this guy. I, I thought he was a huge shyster. Um, this guy way back in the day that he actually uh, offered to hire my stepson to go to um, minor league baseball games and give him a list of who to have balls signed for because they don't want to sign for adults so he could go sell them. And it was just like, it was one of those guys that he would push kids out of the way. He was just a jerk. Um, but it, it was just one of those, one of those things that you have people that do take advantage of these guys and are just looking at making money off of these players. That's something that I'm not looking at doing. I'm looking for the fan interaction. So that's why this is titled nice to meet you. Now sign my crap because we don't look at them as human beings that are actually having a job. They have concerns at home. They have things that they're dealing with. And we always want to look at these guys as human beings. The other thing that I'm looking at too is, and I would, and snowman says this and he's right. Treat the players as you want to be treated. And here's the one last, this is my one last rant and, and a piece of preaching that I'm going to do here. Whatever you do, don't tell them that they're on your fantasy team and how you blew it for them last year <laughs> or vice versa. They don't care about your fantasy team. In fact, I think players hate that more than anything. There's an episode of the league where uh, Nick Kroll's character was in a hot tub with Antonio Gates and basically got chased out of the hot tub and beat up because he was yelling at him because he cost him the championship. Um, Cause there's people like that that are always yelling about their fantasy team. These guys don't care about your fantasy team. Leave them alone about it. They're uh, they don't want to hear how they messed up your chance to win $200 or the fact that you have to have a Justin Bieber tattoo now because um, they lost the championship game for you or because you, that was the parameters of your league. If you got last place. So, that's what I mean when nice to meet you sign my crap, be cool to these guys. So in a little bit, I, I'm seeing here, I'm seeing where Ezra met uh, Bud Dupree and Jarvis Jones. I got their autographs. They were cool in the gang about it. See, that's the thing. They're going to sign for you and be really cool. Just don't, just don't bug them. I remember in Brian Bosworth's autograph, one guy tried to shove a pen in front of him when he was at a urinal with his manhood in his hands trying to get him or try to shake his hand um, after they were both at the urinal. I mean, come on, give these guys a little bit of space, but the more space you give them, the cooler they're going to be to you. I learned this at an early age. Um, can I go back to 1982? And I'm wondering if this was actually a famous moment in Penn state history that, uh, that I walked away from. And we were in, I guess, Rehoboth Beach. Uh, we were in Wildwood, and then we went to Rehoboth Beach to uh, the boardwalk there. And I believe this was 81 or 82. And in Joe Paterno's biography, he was autobiography, he was talking about when he bought the famous whale pants on the boardwalk in Rehoboth Beach in the early 80s. And I wonder if it was there. And I remember 
me looking over and said, dad, look, that's Joe Paterno. And I mean, that was huge. I'm like, let's go over and talk to him. And my dad said to me, he's like, Brian, leave him alone. He's here with his family. We're not going to bug him. And so I've already always taken that with me. And so that's, that's something that, that was important to me. But when I read the book and like, I think I read that book in 1995 and I'm reading it. I'm like, I wonder if that was the night that he bought the whale pants because I don't think Joe Paterno really, as hard as he worked, got a lot of uh, vacations and he was at Rehoboth Beach. So maybe it was the same time. So, uh, but I digress. But, you know, I've, I've met a lot of Steelers in my time and I've had a great opportunity um, to just talk to these guys. And I have some favorites. Most of them have been really cool. I want to share some stories with you. I talked about Elsie Greenwood. I want to talk about meeting Ryan Shazier. It was an autograph signing. And these guys at autograph signings, you have all the dealers that are trying to get them in the back to sign all this stuff. They have a list of stuff that they want. And they've got to go ahead and sign it. And so I guess his line died down, but we bought tickets for Shazier. And, and when you're at Chantilly at this collector's uh, showcase of America, you know, there's different times that they're out signing. So um, a few of us got in line late for Shazier when, after it died down, but he was gone and people were going crazy. Where's Ryan Shazier? And I'm like, relax and they'll find him. So I went up and said, Hey, can you find Ryan Shazier? The, the window's not over and uh, we bought tickets. And so they, they're like, okay, follow us. So they go and they go get him, and he's backstage signing and doing this stuff and they bring him out. And these guys are, these guys are like yelling at him. They're like, you know, we were waiting and you weren't there. Blah, 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 blah. And he just grabs their stuff, signs it. It was, it was one of those just sign my crap situation. And so I waited. I actually moved out of line to go to the back. And I remember looking at it. So I come up. And he wasn't taking pictures with these guys. He was he was just he was uh just signing and and doing it and he was being humble, he was being nice, but you could tell he was annoyed. And so I uh so I go up to him and I, I had my son and nephew with me and I go up last and I say, Hey man, look, I'm sorry about those guys. I don't know what their deal is. I just want to tell you, you are a joy to watch on the football field, and I thank you for all the entertainment that you gave us your rookie season. And I wish you the absolute best. And he smiled and he put his arm around me and said, Hey, you guys want a picture? And I'm like, yeah. So I have this great picture with uh, Ryan Chase and his arm around me. And uh, that's just really how these guys want to be treated. And he was really awesome. Um, I remember. So some of these guys at these, at these autograph signings, you know, you bombard them they get bombarded, but you're paying good money to get in line with them. You're some of these guys you're paying 200 bucks for, um, the, when they're younger, they're, um, and they're newer, you, you might be paying about 30 to 50 or whatever, but that's something you put together and you want to go ahead and do. And it's a great way to guarantee that you're going to, going to see them. Um, so I've been in line with, uh, guys like, uh, stood in line for Antonio Brown, where I didn't buy a ticket for a personalization. And he still personalized it. Le'Veon Bell. I mean, these guys to talk to, they're really nice. Brown and Bell were awesome to talk to. 
there was a point when Antonio Brown, I call it before that, before Vontez perfect and the head, head injury, he used to just out of the blue say, Hey, send me your stuff. I'll sign it to camp. And there he'd take pictures and there'd be all this stuff and he would sign it and, and, uh, and send it back. Um, but I really lo- had a good feeling when I met both, uh, you know, bell and, uh, and Brown, I, I thought they were really nice to deal with. Um, met Greg Lloyd and, you know, Greg Lloyd's that guy with that personality. You're like, all right, is he going to be, is he going to be mean? And I remember going up to him and I knew the person that was working the autograph table with him. And, uh, they're like, Hey Brian, what's going on? And, uh, so, you know, I was talking to him and I talked to him real quick. Cause you know, you're herded through. So you maybe get about 30, 45 seconds while they're, they're signing for you. And, and, uh, like I said, he was really awesome. He was really nice, cordial. And so it's his time to go. He's walking back and I'm standing there. I'm just walking past. I already got his autograph and everyone's bugging him trying to get a free autograph, which come on, don't do that. That's you're there to pay for people are trying to get a picture and get all this. And he's walking past. He's like, Hey Brian, you have fun. I'm like, yeah, thanks, Greg Lloyd. I mean, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, I mean, so that I have great memories of some of these guys that have that you think are bad dudes that are are super awesome, and I really enjoyed meeting him as well. Um, James Harrison, I met James Harrison a couple of times, and I worked with. Uh, I was helping the autograph table with James um, in '06. And James, I was working more with Bryant McFadden and Bryant McFadden was a nice guy. He got, I felt bad. He got pulled over um, and he came late and people were like, where's, I mean, typical of athletes, but no, he got pulled over for driving a red sports car and being a young dude. Um, And he wasn't even speeding, but they, uh, I guess he was pulled over on 79 because he was expected of, uh, of being things. But um, super nice guy, but I remember talking to Harrison and, and I had Harrison sign the back of the helmet because he wasn't Debo yet. He wasn't huge. He's like, he's like, why are you putting me on the back of the helmet? I need me on the front of the helmet. Ben, come on now. I'm like, all right. So Harrison, I'm there talking to him with my dad and I'm like, and this is November of 06. And I said, my wife hates this story. She's a, Debo was never her favorite after this story because uh, I said, yeah, I'm getting engaged in a, he was talking about his family. I'm like, I'm getting engaged in about a month of the ring. And I just got the ring and getting engaged. He's like, man, why are you doing that? Don't, don't do that. Don't get engaged. You know, just string her along. <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, he, he's like, you know, don't, don't do that. And I'm getting like life advice from James Harrison. I'm like, that's awesome. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm still going to get married, but thanks. I appreciate the advice. And he's, and, uh, and I looked at my dad and said, Hey, I'm going to run to the restroom. I'll be back. And he's like, yeah, you know where it is? I need to go too. And I'm like, sure. So I'm leading James Harrison to the restroom in the, uh, it was, uh, it was a mall in, uh, was it in Beaver? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, but Butler, it was in Butler, PA. So I'm leaning to the restroom. And so here I am. Boy, is it intimidating when you're in, there's two stalls in a restroom. You're in one stall. And in the other stall, 
is James Harrison. I'm not stall. It's the urinal stall. And you're there and and a uh, a possible future Hall of Famer is talking to you while you're peeing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, and then there's a part of me, and I say this with a staunch record of heterosexuality, a George Costanza quote. Someone mentioned uh, Costanza earlier. Staunch record of heterosexuality. Part of me wanted to look over and see see what James was packing just to see if I measure it up. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, but anyways, you know, they, they're just regular dudes there and it's really cool. Um, I talked to you about the Veron Haynes thing. So we had two hours. I mean, Veron missed his flight. And so we had to go pick him up and it was going to be, um, Veron and, and Dan Kreider at the signing. Kreider was a nice guy too, but we we're picking up uh, Veron in Washington, D.C. and taking him to Cumberland, Maryland. And in fact, we were supposed to pick him up at Dallas, not Dallas. Uh, yeah, Dallas. We were picking him up there or BWI. We were supposed to pick him up at BWI and he ended up having to go to Reagan. So um, we still got him there in time. My dad, my dad, professional driver, like I said, he, he got him there in time. And I was in the back seat. Um, Veron's in the front seat and we're just talking about life and family. And that's all I want to do. I'm like, I said, Hey man, I don't want to bug you about football um, and the Super Bowl, but this was right after the Super Bowl and Super Bowl 40. And I said to him, I said, you know, I just have one question for you. He's like, first of all, you ask me anything you want. I love talking about it. It's so fun. Um, cause he was talking about, you know, going to Vegas for their birthdays with Heinz and, uh, with Jerome, cause they all were living in the Atlanta area at the time. And I, I think they still do. Um, but, and he was talking about that. He's like, yeah, you, you should go to Vegas with us sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, Veron's inviting me to Vegas. Uh, that never happened, but just a super nice guy. And I, uh, and I asked him one thing, Hey, what did you know different about the Colts game? going in and he he explained like the philosophy of the defense to try to confuse Peyton Manning right before the snap and change things. And it was a, a brilliant move by uh, Dick LeBeau. And he was just talking about that. And he talked about other Steelers stuff and, and how it was fun and how he, how they just had a, uh, had a party for the, uh, the NFL films, the Super Bowl highlight film and how they just had a party. And he was just talking about the fun stuff. And then I did my, my eighties thing where I can guess the day of the week, not guess. I could tell you the day of the week and the number one song that you were born. And he was born in the eighties. And so I, I did that for him and he was, uh, he, he was like, Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, so he quizzed me on a few of them and you know, I got him right. And then I just remember, about four or five months later, my buddy, Matt, who got me the football I was telling you about, ran into him at the opening of Jerome Bettis's uh, grill. And he said, Hey, you met my buddy a couple months back, uh, Brian Davis. And he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't remember the name. He's like, he's the guy that knows all the eighties songs. He's like that dude. Yeah. He goes, <laughs> and it's exact words where I love that dude. How's he doing? Hey, give him a call. And they called me and I wasn't, I wasn't around. Um, so and I didn't answer the phone and I could have talked to the, the guys at the table were Jerome Bettis, Ron Haynes and Eddie George. And I could have talked to those guys on the phone, but I wasn't home. Um, <laughs> so um, it, it's just so fun to have these interactions and have these stories. And it's up to you to make them as real as possible 
by just being real yourself and just being a human being and not just saying, hey, nice to meet you, but sign my crap. So we are going to be back right after this with part two of Tales from 2 AM. I'm Brian Anthony Davis, and give me a minute. 